You are listening to Mommying While Muslim Podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post-9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mommying While Muslim Podcast. This is Uzma Jafri. Assalamu alaikum. This is Seva Hassan. And I wanted to start today off in the new year. Um, if everybody can just, you know, give me two seconds and let's start a prayer for the new year, because quite frankly, we left a pretty difficult one behind. So I just wanted to, as we change the calendar and we have a new page um, in front of us um, to kind of open up today with um, an opportunity to be grateful um, and have a gratitude attitude, inshallah. So, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allah, thank you for giving me the brand new year ahead. Help me live the way I should as each new day I tread. Give me gentle wisdom that I might help a friend. Give me strength and courage so a shoulder I might lend. The year ahead is empty. Help me fill it with good things. Each new day filled with joy and happiness it brings. Amen. And, you know, in, in the year 2020, you know, we've had a little bit of um, ups and downs, but I feel like overall, it kind of gave us an opportunity for pause. So as we head into the new year, um, I'm grateful for that extra time I got to have. So how was your New Year's, Miss Uzma? <laughs> I, like probably every other mom in America, was in bed by 730. So <laughs> New Year's Eve was pretty... <laughs> uneventful at our house. Um, We heard some fireworks going on, but they're technically illegal in our city. So um, very quiet. Yeah, it's been a good week. I think my drug levels are leveling off. um, And I've forgotten to update everybody uh, for the last couple of weeks on what's happening with my journey on starting antidepressants for the first time. And I think they're working. Like I'm not crawling into bed because I don't want to deal I'm actually trying to get housework done and I feel motivated to do it. I feel okay when my husband is saying, let's go out, let's do this or that. I'm not dreading it anymore. So definitely working. And I will tell everybody out there who is like, oh, it makes me feel funny. It, you know, does it. Yeah. I think for the whole weekend when I started it, I was nauseous and dizzy. You just kind of have to write out the side effects. And just because one drug doesn't work for you doesn't mean the plethora of drugs that we have out there are not going to work for you. And I say drugs, I mean medication. I'm sorry. I don't want to scare you further. Those of you who are anti-medication for depression and anxiety, sometimes you just need that boost. Um, And we have hundreds of medications out there and available. And I always tell my patients, everybody is different and everybody is different. So what may work for me may not work for you. If I have side effects, maybe you won't feel anything. So please talk to your doctors, get help if you need it. And that will be kind of the loose ends that we had left from our mental health month last month. First of all, before I talk about uh, my week, I do have to say, I really appreciate that you've been so open and honest about this um, and taking the stigma out of, I need some extra help. You know, you we, it's kind of been a long journey for you. Um, and I do feel like doctors are their worst patients because quite frankly, they feel like they can kind of help themselves. And sometimes you need to, to ask for help from other people. So just so everybody knows, if you are experiencing some of these symptoms, you feel like you need ex- uh, help, as we turn the page, like I said, in a new year, go and talk to your doctor, talk to your physician. 
they'll help you through this process. Because quite frankly, this is unprecedented time. And like Uzma said, you do need that little extra, extra boost to kind of push you forward. And if a mom as the heart of the household isn't getting um, the help that she needs, it's very, very difficult for her to be that anchor for the rest of her family. So Uzma, I am super proud of you. Um, And obviously, as you know, I'm always, always praying for you. But like my week, my weeks are all blending into the next. Let's just be real. We're just at that stage in the in the year. Um, the best the best thing that I had this day is our designer um, has. I'm going to show them on the camera for the people that can't see the audio. We will have the 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 links on our show notes. But um, she has created with our help because we've custom created the. Um, stones we've picked the stones are energy stones and we're naming this bracelet the mother's prayer and the beauty of it is that whether you're doing dhikr um, which is you know islamic meditation it can also cross to other um interfaith um, meditative types of practices and it happens to be a beautiful bracelet we're going to be taking custom orders and we're doing pre-orders for this i think in january um, because they are handmade we really and the quality is super uh, we love it it took us a long time to find um, somebody an american muslim who a Muslim mom who actually owns this business and custom designed this with our help. So we're super excited to um, offer that. That's kind of what I've been doing this week was finalizing some of that, getting um, getting the shipment in. As we know, the postal service is uh, very long and drawn out right now. Um, so I'm super thankful for that. And we will have, I believe, the pre-order, pre-orders on our website within the week. Um, Inshallah. Inshallah, happy, hoping they'll be launched by our two-year anniversary in March. So we are super, super excited. That's pretty much all that I've been doing on this week is finishing that, enjoying time with my kids, um, and, you know, being okay with closing 2020's door and trying to see what 2021, Inshallah, has to offer us. But how about you? That's it. Just prepping the soapbox, girl. Yeah, let's. So, what is our soapbox for today? I'm always super interested. It's not even like a couple hours into the new year, but let's hear what our soapbox mm-hmm. for t- this week is. Well, our soapbox isn't necessarily a current event, but it's currently making the news because of a pending lawsuit. So, it's out of Kansas City, Missouri. Exactly one year ago today, Rania Barakat uh, went to a shooting range in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I think it's a smaller town in Kansas City, Missouri, where she went. Um, and she was not allowed to enter a gun shooting range, uh, where I think she waited in a long line and they told her that you can't come in unless you take off your hijab. Reason being is because, um, there's potential for like, uh, in, I, I guess they thought it was incendiary, so it would burn faster, but baseball caps are allowed. So obviously she contested it and tried to and explain, I've been to other shooting ranges and this hasn't happened to me um, and they wouldn't let her in. So she went back and looked at the reviews and found other Muslim women had same, had faced the same discrimination and hadn't been allowed on this range, which is called Frontier Justice. They have multiple locations in Missouri and their motto is faith, family, freedom, all good things. But for Muslims... Anytime we see that combination of triple Fs, that means Muslims aren't welcome. So I'm kind of like, Rania, 
you know that was not someplace that that wanted you there. But now Care Missouri is involved because there's multiple complaints from multiple Muslim women. Um, and I was thinking, how could we go about this? Well, if baseball caps are allowed, I don't know if you've known uh, noticed on socials, Zeba, but a lot of the cooler hijabis will like wear a really tight hijab and then put a baseball cap on top of it. I mean, baseball caps are allowed. So that could be one way to get around it while this lawsuit is pending. But we wish Rania and her Muslim counterparts the best and hope that they can um, win this lawsuit, inshallah. I, I definitely think the hat and the hijab look is super cute. So cute. I am all about it. Hat jobby. I wonder if there, we could do something like hat create jobby. like a cool hat jobby, right? Where you hat just jobby. kind of have it and it's covered. Okay, so if somebody wants to create that, um, send it our way so we can help you out. But you know, we are starting this month's series with how tos. Um, this is our how to month. Um, mom's doing super crazy hard things and sharing the behind the scenes with us. We're just hoping to kind of set the tone for 2021 to expect hard things. So when Allah sends us ease, we are pleasantly surprised with the year ahead on mean, but we are going to start our how to series with a very difficult topic. This is a trigger warning. So that's something I do want to, if you're, you're listening with your children, if you're, if you're not um, ready to hear it yourself, we are going to be talking about child loss. Um, so if you don't want to listen, please turn it off um, right now, because this is definitely a trigger warning. But we are graciously joined today by Abiha Hassan, who is going to discuss her recent loss of her beautiful child. Abiha is a working mother of four beautiful children. Um, we are always looking for moms doing amazing things, whether you know, you're know you inside, outside, uh, making headlines. This is your space to tell us about it. And um, today's special is not because we're starting up the new year, but also because it's the first time we've had a cousin from the North take the mic for us, um, meaning it's our first Canadian mom joining us. Um, welcome, Abiha. Thank you so much for crossing the border with us today <laughs> and sharing your journey. Assalamualaikum, Abiha. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum. Um, thank you for having me here and uh, love to be here. And uh, I'm glad uh, you gave me this opportunity to, um, well, uh, discuss this difficult topic. So I'm a mom of four. Um, my daughter, Ayla, 12, Ishan, my son, 10. I have another daughter, Myra, three, and my baby in heaven, Jenna. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about Jenna. So on August 18th, 2020, um, just four months ago, my fourth child, um, Jenna Kosumzedi, whose time on earth was momentarily, of course. And uh, as a parent who has experienced like such loss, the days, the weeks, the months that follow can feel very isolating. So not just isolating us, in fact, chaotic at the same time. Um, so it, it's my honor to have the opportunity to come live with you guys and discuss it because not just the power of faith, but the people like yourself and community has brought me um, to experience this in a, in a positive fashion. So it's, it's above all, the faith is above all, and uh, it feels like the love of Allah that Allah has bestowed on us um, and my family has given us strength to guide them through um, my family and myself through this grief journey. So I really appreciate it. 
No, I mean, we feel so privileged to be able to um, host your story because not many people are willing to talk about it. At least my experience has been when people suffer something like this, we're not as, you know, people who offer condolences. We've always been taught not to say it out loud, just to pretend like it didn't happen. Uh, I have people near and dear to me who have um, had child losses or pregnancy losses and they don't, and they say clearly, don't, I don't want to talk about it. So I feel like Mm -hmm. you're a rare bird and I really, really uh, appreciate you sharing this. So I find um, in my in my uh, situation, when I went through uh, this, or our family went through this, I shared it with everybody um, mm-hmm. that same day. Just like my my other kids, I I was proud to have my baby um, Jenna, and uh, just like my other kids, I I celebrated them because they were here in, on Earth, and same as uh, Jenna, she was here. I wanted to celebrate her, even though I lost her. But uh, at the same time, I wanted people to know that she was born and was here with me. Um, unfortunately, not too long for us to enjoy. Um, as far as uh, the details of uh, how people, uh, it's it's a taboo subject, right? So it's it's yeah. it's normal for people to think that uh, shouldn't be talked about. But in my case, it has helped me tremendously to talk about Jenna, to talk about my my whole experience. It's it has. I have uh, walked through this path by everyone's help here, because if I didn't share it. I wouldn't have that help or that support that I got from the community, from, from the people around me, from the family, um, everyone. It's, it's, I think it was a huge um, benefit for me to cope with this grief that I went through and I'm still going through, like, I'm not saying that I'm perfect and uh, it's, it's never going to go away, but I have had, um, a good way of managing it now because it, it has become normal to talk about Jenna and I, that's exactly what I wanted. I, I love that you're saying that because um, like Osma said, a lot of people tend to not want to talk about it or or like myself, I if a friend was going through it, I would feel a little bit awkward. Like sh- what, what should I say? How mm-hmm. should I say it? But the reality of the situation is you want to give voice to her life, you know, and allowing your friend the opportunity to be able to talk about this, this person that existed, I think, um, is part of the grieving process. But, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be curious about how your pregnancy with Jenna was. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your pregnancy journey with us? No, absolutely not. So unlike my other pregnancies, um, this one was walk in a park. And uh, so my I've been on high-risk pregnancies from the get-go. My first daughter was high-risk throughout my pregnancy. Uh, my son was uh, high-risk. I was monitored every week um, on all my pregnancies uh, by the doctor and MFF, MFM um, department because it's uh, my cervix was always um, dilated and early on. So it's... It was something that um, for this one, uh, when I was pregnant with Jenna, maybe because I was home, I less stressed because we were working from home. Um, 
not sure why, but <laughs> um, my cervix wasn't dilated, uh, and it was it was just easier. It um, I wasn't as sick as I was with uh, the others. Uh, my I, I'm always gestational diabetic. Um, this time I wasn't, but at the at the same time I was still being monitored each each week because because of my experience or my history. And I've had uh, three C-sections before Jenna. So again, that was another reason they had to monitor that where the placenta attaches and, and so on. Um, as far as uh, complications, I did have a complication um, during, um, I think it was around 22nd week when we found out. Um, they had done an ultrasound for her um, at 20th week where they found that she um, had a delay in growth and uh, she was three weeks behind in growth. And uh, so that that gave us a little bit of scare. Um, and that that's when things started to turn a little bit. And um, throughout the pregnancy, we, we knew that she was three weeks behind. And uh, at at 32 week mark, I just I had an ultrasound appointment that morning, and they felt that the baby was in distress, and so it had to be delivered. And I went into a C-section, and uh, because she was three weeks behind in growth, anyways, she wasn't really 32 weeks; she was technically 29 weeks. And just like my third pregnancy with Myra. Um, Myra, when she was born, she was also born 32 weeks uh, as well, but uh, um, and she had some breathing issues, whereas she was carried away to CHEO, which is the children's hospital. Um, they were able to recitate her, but with Jenna, they unfortunately weren't able to recitate her. She had the breathing issues and she didn't make it, unfortunately. Thank you for sharing that. That is... You know, it's just so ironic that this was the easiest pregnancy, but subhanAllah, it turned yeah. out, you know, with a completely different outcome than your other ones. Um, you write a lot about uh, Jenna on your socials, and you talk mm -hmm. about those 21 hours you had with her. Can you share a little bit about those 21 hours? And, you know, it doesn't have to be in great detail, but especially the immediate aftermath um, of her birth, what that was like, um, maybe somebody would benefit from those emotions that you went through in that experience. Of course. So I, I found that um, when you're not expecting it, um, you don't know what to expect, right? And, and uh, it was, it was as, as hard it sounds, um, it was the it was handled so well. They they did such a good job as at handling it, making sure that I was at ease uh, with every decision. They offered me everything. Um, I do have a few things that I didn't accept because I was like, okay, no, I don't want to do that or I don't want to do that. But uh, at the same time, I regret that. And so if I hope nobody goes through this, but if you are in a situation like this, always accept what they're offering because you're gonna you might end up regretting it at, after okay. at the aftermath. Um, with the 21 hours, I I cherish them. They they are my memory with her. Um, although she wasn't alive, um, I I get got to capture moments with her, um, felt her. I I tried to memorize each and every bits and pieces of her. So it it was it was something that I really um treasure 
And uh, sorry, I'm going to get a little emotional. No. But uh, right right after um, birth, um, you, you had asked. Um, so they took her to the grieving room. It's called a grieving room. Um, and uh, you're allowed to stay with them. Actually, you're allowed to stay with your baby for 48 hours. Okay. But uh, um, I didn't want her to go to the morgue. Um, so at night, so I kept her. And I wanted to bury her the next day because I didn't want it that way. And uh, um, and it was just, they were very helpful. They bathed her um, with me. Hassan, uh, my husband, was there too. Um, we, we got to spend time with her the way that we would normally spend it with, with our normal baby. Um, except we knew it was going to end. But it 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 was something that that I think I personally think it it was something that I will remember remember or cherish forever. And uh, and I think I think it's necessary because you know these these are the memories that you you want to hold on to after to grieve on or to move yourself forward with. Um, I, I have uh, since um, this experience, I have uh, spoken to a lot of, uh, um, well, I've spoken to a lot of uh, parents that uh, that have um, actually went through this and they didn't go, like they didn't explain it or they didn't uh, um, tell anyone and, uh, or they didn't even see their baby. They still cry about it. They still like it. You don't go get over it, obviously, but they don't have not. They have nothing to hold, and especially with um, with this whole scenario of having a memory. I feel for. I've actually uh, gotten a realization that the people that have had miscarriages late, um, they also go through the same pain and grief, but they have nothing to show for. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's harder. Like I've had miscarriages before too, but it's not not as late as I would think. And the direction your life goes is is very different. No, I I can hear I can hear the pain in your voice, and 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 I think what you're trying to refer to is the concept of closure, like the the ability to to be with her, to go through the motions, to to like you say memorize because she was a part of your life um, regardless. So I, I feel very grateful for you that you did have that opportunity. And the one thing that I'm always curious about, and I, and I have to be honest with you, like as a friend or as somebody wanting to support you and not knowing what to say, what would you say to those people that want to support somebody going through this? What What are the things that we can do um, to help them help you go through this process. So um, I haven't, I, I, I had interesting um, moments uh, throughout this um, process because there were times where, like you said, Ziba, you don't know what to say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes not even saying anything, just being there and giving the person the opportunity to talk is, mm-hmm. is, is all you need. Um, and, but the at the same time, um, I, I, I would I would prefer if somebody would bring it up rather than avoid mm-hmm. the subject, 
because yes. there's a huge elephant in the room and you're not trying to address it. And, uh, and you're like, okay, well, is, there was, there were times when people would talk to me about the world, everything, except my little girl, like everyone means well, I, it, like you have to, you have to accept that, that people have said things to me where, where you'd be surprised why somebody would say something like that. But honestly, they, they, they are running out of words. Um, yeah. and they don't know what to say, but they really do at the end of the day, they, they mean, well, it's, it's not, they don't mean, um, anything negative for you. They, they care about you and that's why they're calling you in the first place. Right. And if they say something that might instigate something, they might be, a, it might be a trigger, but uh, you have to keep in mind in your, in the back of your mind that this is all because they mean, well, they, they care about you. And that's why they actually called. So if you are um, a support person, I would suggest um, to talk to the person, um, do check-ins. Like I had a great um, support system. My in-laws were really good. My uh, friends here were really good. They always checked on me. And, uh, but at the same time, as much as the support person requires, the check-ins doesn't have to be, how are you doing? Um, check-in is, um, can you tell me what you're feeling? Yes. Because how are you doing is um, a shutdown of like, oh, I'm good. Like, it's an yes. expectation that I should feel good. Um, and yes. most of the time, um, I would not take the opportunity to say anything um to them because uh, because it's easier right and it's also um in a way you you feel like okay do I want to take them into this dark road um of where I am like do I want to tell them that I was crying like a, a a maniac just five minutes ago um no it's sometimes you have to give that opportunity to the person to speak and and you have to be ready to hear it too, right? It's yes. it's a two way two way scenario. So if you are not ready, how are you? Is a good way. <laughs> but if, if like you're willing advice. to share, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if you're willing to hear it and actually want to just hear it, and and at the end of the day, do not find a solution. There's no solution. Right. Yeah, there, you you don't want to give them a solution to like, oh, you know, Allah's. Allah does this on purpose and no, there's no purpose for this. You do not need to do that. Uh, You just have to hear it, share it. And that's it. Like there's no positivity at the end of the day. I mean, just be there. I think it was shortly after um, Jenna passed away. um, But you mentioned Allah will never give us anything more than we can bear. And that mm-hmm. you were talking about how a lot of the community was like, oh, you know, you're bearing this because your Islam is so strong and you're so this. And you said, no, I'm not bearing this well because this absolutely mm-hmm. sucks. I'm only mm-hmm. able to bear this because Allah loves me so much. And I thought that that was really, really moving and a testament to, you know, your suburb, which I've never known anybody to have a lot in this situation. Um, I think you said earlier that you do grieve, so you're not perfect, but I want you to understand and know going forward and anybody hearing this, that however you grieve is perfect, you know, and continuing to grieve doesn't make you any less perfect. So I did want to point that out and, you know, thank you for documenting um, what you're going through these last few months, because it's opened my eyes 
to, you know, the, cause I never know, you know, cause like you said, mm-hmm. I've always said, how are you doing? And that person said, you know, the, even when they were patients the next morning would say, I'm fine, you know, or how do you think I am? You know, I'm going home empty handed, you know, oh. so it would either be very passive aggressive, angry, or just completely shut down. So now thank you for giving me the words. Can you tell me how you're feeling? I think that's super helpful. So it seems that some of this journaling and documentation that you're doing is how you're coping with the loss of Jenna. Can you talk a little bit about how the different members of your family are coping with it, specifically your children? So so I have to, um, I'm going to go back to what I was saying before, when there's a support person um, that's there to help um, and what should they do? At the same time, I have to say the person that's going through this has to open themselves to yes. uh, accepting mm-hmm. support. Because I think one thing that has helped me tremendously is me allowing myself to accept any and every support possible. I I have to, um, I have assigned people to check in on me every couple of weeks or so in the beginning because I was like, no, you know what? You're calling me today, but can you check in on me again in two weeks? Because I don't yes. know what I'm going to be doing in in two weeks. But then at the same time, as me as um, I I call myself the victim, um, uh, you have to be open to. Um, like taking that uh, support call, taking that support uh, message or anything, like just be ready to accept it because you know what? It just goes through, um, it, it lets your grief process a little better. Now, coming back to your question, I accepted uh, therapy as well. So in our culture mainly, um, or in any, I think you don't tend to go towards therapy. Um, and I accepted that. I, I, or a lot of people actually said therapy is not for us. <laughs> yeah, they see people don't need therapy, right? Of course Why do you tell everybody your feelings? That's not their business. That's you just talk to yeah. Allah. Yeah, exactly. No, you you definitely need to talk because therapy is nothing just uh, just an opening to discuss your feelings or talk about your feelings out loud, um, and it helped. And so my parent uh, or uh, my uh, kids and my husband all went through therapy sessions, um, and they they offer that you have to ask, but they have they offer that um, with this scenario, and you just have to ask the doctor, and they will offer it to you. Um, right away and it was helpful because you it brings you to discuss things openly at home um I've made it a point to discuss or talk about Jenna openly I include my kids openly um they're old enough to understand even my three-year-old she understands um enough so it's it's one of those things where you're like okay um, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to discuss it. So as far as my kids are concerned, they they are openly talking about it. Um, in the beginning, it was it was tough for them too because again, they were expecting a little sister coming into the home. In fact, my oldest, um, my my son and my three year old has a good good bond. So my oldest had plans to create a really good bond with Jenna. <laughs> and uh, and my a three-year-old was expecting a little baby in the house and like, I'm going to be a big sister. So it was exciting. So all that um, need to say that we, I'm, they're coping it 
a lot better than I expected because I think we have the acceptability of talking about it. When I'm crying, um, I don't hide away. I, they need to know that I'm I'm sad about it, and um, and how I because again they I'm their role model, right? So if they ever go into a situation where they where they're sad, I need to be um, their role model of how to handle these feelings. Yes, right. So uh, if I hide away, how will they ever know? And I I want them to know um, because there there have been a lot of people that came out that told me that they have gone through this. In fact, people that I know personally very well that I had no idea that they had gone through it, and um, yes. I wish. I, I swear, I wish they told me before because um, maybe I would have been a little bit prepared for this. I, I love that. And, and the fact that you are modeling the behavior of grief for your children, you're taking away that stigma and you're giving them power, right? Like that is a power to give Absolutely. your children. And um, I really commend you for doing that because like you said, you have friends that have gone through similar things and you knew nothing about it. And, and quite frankly, you're, you're putting up boundaries when you do need the support and the structure yeah. and, and the check-in. So um, yeah, that, that, that's definitely good advice. And that's one of the main reasons we are talking about this very difficult subject because it, we want people to understand that there, that there is no stigma to this, that you do need the support and you need to be able to reach out. So thank you so much for being so brave. What is the one thing you want us as an audience to know um, about Jenna that you will carry with you, um, I would imagine, for all your days? So I really appreciate you asking me about Jenna because, again, it's it's something that I treasure and I've, I've mentioned it or I touched before um, in our conversation that uh, um, it's always uh, great to hear about. And I, I love talking about kids and who mom, what mom doesn't like talking about their kids, right? Okay. <laughs> um, so as far as Jenna is concerned, she was, she was a lot different. I mean, my first three came out to be um, a more, uh, I think, she was she was taller. She was uh, um, slim in the sense that she was leaner, I should say. And uh, I know she was, and she was so beautiful. Oh my gosh, she was so beautiful. I really adored her. She um, she looked really peaceful. Um, and uh, well, now she's at, at peace in Jenna. And uh, I love that her name is Jenna because it just yeah. connects. Um, the two together, who knew? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a treasure, and she. I would like people to know that uh, she was just like an angel, just like an angel, and she brought me a lot of awareness to a life that I was not aware of, and I'm I'm actually quite grateful. Yeah, she's leaving a legacy. She left a legacy. She is. Subhanallah. She yeah. Is. Did you choose her name after she was born or prior? Prior. Oh, oh subhanallah. Wow. Yeah. That makes it even more beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I have one last question for you. Um, on your social, at Mama of a Little Angel, it's almost like you're writing love letters to Jenna. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think you'll ever stop doing that? 
I don't think it it will ever stop. Like, um, uh, of course, life does come in in place, and uh, there are things that you're doing. It's not like I'm forgetting about her or not writing about her or not talking to her. It's it's my way of um, bringing awareness as well as connecting with her. Now, if if I ever find another way to connect, um, absolutely, something will shift. But this is something that I want there. Um, I know Instagram is not going <laughs> way too soon. <laughs> so, if, so if 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 I ever uh, go away eventually, I want yes. uh, my kids or my grandkids to be able to look back and see what and who Jenna was and who um, how and even a. a like a manual right like you a guidance of how to deal with it or how to um cope with it so I just want that there so it's it's not gonna go away but it might uh either off in the sense that uh, life does come in between I may go somewhere or something and I'm not able to write I do write a few words um to her in a journal anyways um at home but uh, but those are just like a few sentences that I'm feeling that day um, in the morning right after the prayer and uh, and that's about it. But uh, the the journal itself is something that I want to I want time to reflect about her. And uh, and believe me, I've, I have plenty of things that I do at home. Like I said, I've accepted everything and anything that helps me. <laughs> so so there are a lot of things that that are there but I know and I'm okay to let go of things I as well if if I don't need it I I I don't have to continue but I think this one specifically the Instagram momming um uh little angel is also um also for others not just myself yeah so so it's it's a little bit of a responsibility too I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. I love that. And and the one thing that I know for Uzma and myself, I'm not going to speak for her, but for me specifically, one of the main reasons why I started and wanted to start um, Momming While Muslim was for that, was to, to leave behind a legacy for my children. It's a snapshot into our day-to-day lives. It's not always glamorous. It's not always fun. We go through our ups and downs, but I want them to hear what we did in loving them. Um, and, and perhaps that that is something that you can leave a part of you behind. So I definitely appreciate um, that you're doing that, Abiha. And I think your Instagram handle is Mama of a Little Angel. So I want yes. people to check that out. If you're not ready to talk about it, if you're experiencing something, we get it. But I believe that Abiha is open and available. Reach out to her, DM her, because sometimes we need we need our support in order to go through some of the most difficult times. That's why Allah gave us a village. Um, and that's why we, I know, that's why we do what we do here at Mommy Well Muslim. So thank you so much um, for sharing your journey with us today. Thank you. Thank and you. we'll be praying for Jannah tonight. Inshallah. Both of them. Thank you. Both of them, all of them, all of them, all of our children moving forward. Again, this was such a hard topic to talk about and you handled it so graciously. So thank you so much. Um, This was another episode of Mommy Well Muslim. Until next time, everybody, please be safe, um, you know, and think and and pray and pray for um, Miss Jenna. 
Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Mommy While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone.